Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and live a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your copy of my book, Arise and Shine, check out www.juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level of Faith podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland. And y'all, oh, I know you can't see me right now, but I am in a hotel room with my guest, who is Shannon Mathis. She is a dear friend of mine. We are in Atlanta um, spending the night in a hotel because tomorrow we are going to Life Surge here in Atlanta. And we're so excited about it. It is a faith and business conference. Priscilla Schreier is going to be there. Nick Voishich, Tim Tebow, um, Duck Dynasty Willie. guy, Willie Robertson. Uh-huh. Robertson, Willie Robertson. I don't really know the Duck Dynasty people, but it's fine. Um, anyway, so we're really excited to go to this conference together. But while we're here, it's like, hey, Shannon would you want to jump on a podcast with me? And she was like, okay. So we're really excited. I've never done one in person with somebody who's always been over Zoom. So this is really cool to have you here, Shannon. Welcome. Um, Okay, so Shannon is my next guest in this series of being an overcomer. Ordinary women overcoming extraordinary obstacles. And Shannon and I share a um, obstacle that we've had to overcome, that we continue to overcome, um, which is losing our fathers at a, a very young age. So, um, I mean, we it was within a year, right? Yes. Of when you lost your dad and then mine I lost my January dad. January 20th, 18. And then mine was in September, yes. the following year. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we just wanted to talk about what that kind of looks like lived out. You know, we are both young moms and wives and to not have our dads in the picture anymore and, and what that looks like for any of you that are experiencing that, or perhaps you've lost a, a mom or a sibling, um, just kind of what that grief looks like. And, um, but we'll start with Shannon and just kind of share a little bit of your story with your dad and, and what you loved most about him and how that kind of all went down. Yes. So my dad, I always said he was like the big teddy bear kind of guy. Um, he literally was uh, pretty big before he passed away to the point where like I could not reach my arms all the way around him, which is what I loved. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of made me feel like even more loved because when he would like wrap his hands around me, it was like, was huge big daddy yeah <laughs> um he was not always that way but uh he was a really fun dad he was the dad that like all my friends wanted to spend the night in my house because he was cool yeah uh he would like get out in the yard and play with us he when we got old enough to um have fun parties he typically would allow us to have those parties um and put up with all of our craziness uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but he was really like that dad that I could go to him about anything. I talked to him about alcohol, drugs, any of those things that I ever did. Um, he was never okay with it or happy about it, but I could go to him and talk with him. And then fast forward, got married. Um, and even with my husband, if we had issues, I could call my dad and be like, dad, 
like Roger was driving me crazy and he would say, do I need to give him a knuckle sandwich? And to me, <laughs> yeah. um, we all know what that means. <laughs> but it was like, he was just that person. Like I could literally go to and he loved me regardless. Yeah. Like never judged me. I felt like, um, and then it was like, he kind of stuff. he got, got kind of quiet as we, I don't know, right before he passed away, he was starting to have health issues and he didn't want me to worry because I'm a mm. worrier. And so, um, I, I guess see Roper was six months old. Um, and I got that phone call on a Saturday morning that no one wants to get. Uh, it was my uncle and he said, you know, your dad, he lived beside my dad and he said, um, he's an ambulance. Uh, they are working on him. And I said, I was in a dead sleep and I like literally was like, is he alive mm. or is he gone? And he said, I honestly have no idea. They're shocking his heart. So I like. I jumped up. Um, my husband was working out of town two and a half hours away. I didn't even know what to do. Like Ripley she's was, a baby at this yeah, point, six by the old. way, six months old baby. And so I just, I don't even, I think I started calling people, but I don't really remember. I just know that basically my mom and my stepdad were in Myrtle beach looking at condos. Um, and so I just called Roger's grandmother and said, can I bring Roper? Because I knew I needed to go to the hospital. And I, the last time I saw my dad, he died January 20th of 18. I had seen him at Christmas. And I remember telling Roger when I saw him last, um, he like kept falling asleep, like mm. sitting at the table. Like we would, we were talking to him and he would kind of like doze off. And um, he had gradually started me like that with his weight gain. And I said, Roger, have you ever like felt like you saw somebody and you think that you saw him for the last time? And he was mm. like, why did you say that? I, said, I don't know. Like my dad just... I don't know. It's weird. Like I remember that night, I felt like the Holy Spirit like told me to take a picture of everybody. I was the only one in, not in the picture. Like mm, I took Cause it. you were taking the picture. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the last picture I have of my dad and literally, um, not even a month later, Yeah, you know, he died. So it was, it was a shock. Yeah. Um, he did have flu, the flu like we, that week prior, we, um, he had, I talked to him one time that week, which was kind of rare. We normally talked every day. And he told me, he said, um, he couldn't talk. He was like coughing. And mm. he said, I don't feel well. Um, I'm going to go to the doctor. He had an appointment on that Saturday that he died to go to the doctor and um, he didn't make it. Uh, so that was. And how old was he? 54. 54. Wow. 54. That's even, yeah. My dad died at 63. Even younger than my dad. 54. And his dad died of a massive heart attack at 64. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Matt's dad died at, um, 61, I think. Yeah. And you know, there's nothing that prepares you for it. No, you can. It, I think you were the one that told me when I was going through the, those first few weeks after my dad died, because I was the crazy woman that went to work the day after my dad died. Um, I guess that was my, like trying to control something, yeah. you know, cause the world, <laughs> the world keeps spinning even when your world has stopped. Um, and that's something I had never experienced before. And um, I think you were the one that told me like, now you're in this club that you never knew existed yeah. and that you're a part of now. Yeah. And it was this, this grieving apparent loss yeah. and how hard that is. So talk a little bit about like your faith journey through that, because you haven't always known Christ. No. And then you did. You came to know Christ in college around that time. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then to talk a little bit about like how that either amplified your faith journey or rocked your faith journey or just what that was like for you. Um, so I, the things I do remember, because like you probably remember anytime you have a death, that first, like that day of finding out the first week, the first month, year, whatever, everything kind of seems like a blur, but there are things that stick out to me whenever I look back over all that. And, um, when, when I said that I, you know, that, that last December, when I saw him and I had that weird, like, like that. Is this the last time I'm going to see him? Yeah. Um, I had just started praying because I, I knew my dad's health was getting worse um, as far as just him gaining weight. My dad was always really skinny, like thin. I mean, good looking. Like he looked back at his pictures and he was just a handsome guy. <laughs> and um, as he got older, um, him and my mom went through divorce and then he had married another lady, went through another divorce. And just he just kind of went down that spiral um, of not leaving home and eating and drinking and just it just he kept gaining weight and he yeah. he worked in the truck all the time so he wasn't was able sitting. to yeah. yeah so it just and I knew as I watched his weight gain um I had already started praying at that point because I knew his dad died at a young age and it was almost like the Lord had already laid on my heart like that I wasn't going to have him long mm. and so even if that happens for you like like you said nothing still prepares you for that time when they're right. actually gone and um so I've been praying and I remember even like praying on the way to the hospital. I drove myself, by the way, I have no idea. I think I have my hazards on because I'm mm. pretty sure I was flying like hundred miles an hour um, because he wasn't gone yet that we knew of. Right. Um, and I remember praying and I remember telling the Lord, if, if you have taken my dad or if you are taking him, um, I know that you are going to have to be the one to give me strength, one to keep walking, um, to keep just moving forward. Because I know in days later, I think I mentioned this to you one time, like you just said, the world kept going and it felt like mine had abruptly stopped. Yeah. And it not that no one cared. I mean, I had tons of people reach out to of me. Of course. Um, love me, send me cards, call me. But in my mind and in my world, even though I had a husband and a baby, it seemed like everything else had went dark around me. Yes. And so I would literally, um, as I prayed on the, in my car by myself, the following days that came, um, I would sit in my room by myself. And I remember just like literally begging the Lord, like, I know that you say that you love me. And mm -hmm. I know that even when you take someone or you allow someone to be taken from us, um, that we love, it, it doesn't mean that you're not there. Like right. you still love us. Um, and I just remember knowing that it was going to take God to get me through it. Like there yeah. was no way I was going to do it on my own. Um, because the sadness was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. um, was your sadness like mine? I, I cried like when my, cause my dad died slowly. Like right. he died over a week in the hospital as he was on hospice. Um, and so like I watched him slowly die, yeah. which is terrible in its own, right? Abrupt death, terrible. Slow death, terrible. terrible. <laughs> it's all just sucks. Um, and I cry, I cried more in the hospital during the, that seven day period that he died than I did afterward. And I remember I had, um, I, I told people like a week after I was, I was not going to come into work that day. I think it was the, like the week, um, 
of his death, right? So it was one week later. And I was like, I'm going to take today off and I'm going to honor my dad. I'm going to allow myself to cry. I'm going to feel the feels. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to allow myself to grieve. Today is grieving day. Like I had, that was going to be my plan. <laughs> and I could not shed a single tear, y'all. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why can I not grieve this man that I love so much when, you know, random things would trigger me, but I like, I had set that day aside. And then I remember, um, towards the end of the day, I was getting ready to take Jack to swim practice and, um, a song came on that reminded me of my dad and I lost it. And I was so mad because I was like, are you kidding me? Like I had all day (laughs) to do this and it was now. And it's just, that's how grief works. So how did, how did your grieving process? So you're, you feel like your world stopped. You see dark around you. Like, what did your grieving process look like? Um, I would find myself like, I did cry a lot of that day, I believe. Like, you know, finding out because he wasn't, they had not pronounced him dead yet. They actually worked on him the whole way to the hospital. Um, but the the weird thing about it was that when I got there, it was the same hospital that they took me to when my grandfather died, 18 Mm -hmm. years old. Um, and I literally, when I walked to the front to tell them who I was, because I walked in by myself, um, my uncle happened to walk in behind me because he had to leave a little bit later than the the ambulance. We arrived about the same time. So we walked in together. Well, he didn't know as well that my dad was gone yet either. And Mm -hmm. so they literally took us down the exact same hallway and put in as they rounded the hallway I realized they were taking us to the room that they took us when my grandfather had already passed away so they take you to a Mm. room that's not a hospital room they take you into like a closed area and they send a grief counselor in and all this stuff so when I rounded the corner and I saw the door it was the exact same I literally collapsed like I couldn't I like couldn't even hold myself up because I knew what they were about to tell me right and um I literally like I lost it I cried and I cried for a while that day because it was like, I wanted to see my dad. And they were like, listen, you don't, yeah, we don't, you, we've been really working on him. Yeah. And I said, no, I, you're going to let me see him. I want to go touch him. Like mm. I want to see my dad. And the woman tried to talk me out of it quite a few times. She was like, we can't, we can't move him because they couldn't like, they had innovated him and they couldn't yeah. take any of that out because of the simple fact that when he died, they, um, like, cause he had the flirt, he was sick and they had to test for the flu. So that was when all that was really crazy. So, and, um, I think they have to do that as well. Like if somebody accidentally does something in the ambulance that could have caused the death, they have have to to make sure. Yes. Yeah. And so, but anyways, we went in, we saw him and after I saw him, I actually felt like a little bit of a peace and, um, I went back out and the next days, like I didn't really cry much either. I kind of like, I would, I spent that next week just kind of going over and spending time with my grandmother and my uncle. And, um, I would go and sit on my dad's bed and I, you know, it was kind of, again, like a blur, like we'd go to the funeral home and I, I was kind of mad too. Like I wasn't really, I felt like people probably looked at me like, Oh, she's not even upset, but I was, but I couldn't cry. Right. Not just like I cried so much that first day, but then like months later, I feel like when I would sit in the room and it would get dark, I would get angry. Mm. I was mad because everybody else still had their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember a couple months later was his birthday in March. And then um, a couple months later, father's day Mm. and I was just mad yeah like I didn't even want to celebrate my own husband yeah like you have your dad and you know my son has his dad but I don't have my dad right I don't want to celebrate this nothing fun about it like there's nothing to celebrate and so that was really hard for me and that probably went on for like 
he's been gone for four years, probably at least the first two. Do you find yourself like, I, there, I still find myself on Father's Day, on his birthday, on the anniversary of his death, like having a physical reaction, not even knowing what the date is. Yeah. Like I feel off. And then I realize, oh, it's, it's like your body is still grieving that love because you were so connected to them. And I just, it's so crazy to me, but you're talking about how, um, um, you know, you didn't want to even celebrate Father's Day and how you were angry. So keep going with that. Okay. So, um, yes. So I was angry. I had, um, I don't remember if somebody gave me this book, if I just bought it. I don't remember. It was a book about grief and it was, it was like had scripture in it and stuff. And it was talking about, um, and I feel like this has always stayed with me and has helped me to work through it. But it talked about the waves of the ocean, how like the waves come in and then they go back out. Mm. And it was talking about how our grief, like all the emotions, like they kind of, some days they come in and then they'll go back out depending on what it is. And it was talking about all the different stages. Like grief is anger. Grief is sadness. Grief is, you know, memories, remembering and, and celebrating it. It's all of those things. It's not just oh, you're sad and you're crying. Right. And then it's over. Right. Yeah. It's never over. It's a, it's literally, um, it's stages, but it's just this journey. And Mm -hmm. so, um, when I thought about that, I was like, okay, so maybe that's why, like, I have a day where I like feel really sad and then it kind of goes away. Right. But then all of a sudden there comes a day where it's like, I'm angry and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that one, you know, like, right. It kind of, and I would get mad. It was like, I wasn't angry at God for taking my dad. Now I do know people that have dealt with that and I don't judge them for that at all um because I understand that that's you know I mean it wasn't what I wanted right obviously but um I felt like I was more angry that everyone else got to have their dad yes and I didn't get to have mine yes it wasn't I mean it was mad he was gone but I wasn't mad that God took him or let him die at that point it was just like I was upset that like people would get to celebrate or hang out with their dad yeah. and yet I couldn't do that yes hey, Shannon you're not alone I remember when my dad died when he was 63 of an aggressive form of Alzheimer's and I remember um, later on that week somebody an old man had come into the salon and he was like 90 like he was an older man and his wife was with him and she was like he has dementia and you know there he is getting his hair cut and I was so mad I was like, why, why does this 90 year old still get to y'all? It's horrible to say, but that's the truth. Like, that's what you feel. You're just like, why, why did my dad get taken from an aggressive form of Alzheimer's when he was just 63 years old? And here's this 90 year old who, you know, just completely oblivious to everything around him. I mean, that, that is, um, I do find grace in that and and mercy is that the moments that my dad had lucid thoughts it was really sad yeah because he knew how sad it was for all of us but that was like you know eight percent of the time (laughs) the remaining 93 percent 92 percent I can do that um (laughs) was complete just childlike bliss and confusion and um so I do like I am grateful for those moments that he wasn't aware was your dad 
aware that like do you think he was thinking this this was last time so um there's like a whole another whole another story behind of a lot of this um he had a girlfriend which we don't definitely don't want to talk about her right now. Whole another <laughs> That's another show for another no, day. <laughs> whole another anyway, I my dad because I do worry a lot and I am a very anxious person. He and because I was pregnant at the time, he actually found out because I I was very confused. Like whenever he, all of a sudden he just dies of this massive heart attack. Yeah. Granted, I knew his dad had passed away, but it was in his sixties, and I knew my dad was overweight, but not to the point that I thought like I'm gonna lose him like right. this soon. I just noticed that he was like falling asleep sitting up in a conversation. Right. So I thought that was a little weird. So after he passed away, um, because of the flu, autopsies were taking like six months to get back the results from him. So in the meantime, I called the hospital and asked for his medical records. But Good like, for you. I'm gonna figure something out. Like right. just not even like to prove anything. It wasn't gonna bring him back, but I wanted a peace of mind of like yes. Did he know? Did he not want to tell me? Like, what was it? So come to find out he had like almost a year prior been diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Mm. Um, and if you research that, there's so much, I don't know a whole lot of it, but I do know that um, typically people don't live very long with that, but it can get really bad. Like yeah. my dad could have, I could have actually watched my dad suffer. Like you had to do with your dad. Um, and there's times where I'm very thankful that he didn't have to suffer. Right. You know, um, but so I looked at that and I realized that he died in January, just that November prior, he had been in the hospital for chest pains and mm. shortness of breath. And like, and so when I got the autopsy back, it was like six months later after he passed away and they found three blockages in his heart. And so the coroner called me and she's like, you know, even if, let's say, even if they could have went in, he would have made it to the hospital before he actually had the cardiac arrest and they would have went in and done three bypasses. It's like, there's there's no guarantee he would have made it through it, you yeah. know. Um, but the flu that he had cut off and like restricted all that, like the heart, the flow to the heart. So it basically, I mean, yeah. you know, that's pretty much what killed right. him. But um, I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> but you asked me something. Like, <laughs> I remember the question I asked. You said something about, did he know? Oh, did he oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Real life, people. Real life conversation right here. Like mom and we both get lost in the conversation. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, I think he probably. Had I don't, had I don't know that he knew it would be that soon, but yeah. he was clearly going to the doctor. Yeah. And had been in the hospital like three times within the last like probably year and a half. Yeah. With chest pains and things like that. So. Yeah. Okay. So let's land this plane. All right. This is the Overcomer series, right? Yes. <laughs> so this is not doom and gloom episode here. But. What do you think, like, if you were sitting down with Shannon from four years ago, 2000, what's it, 22, 21, 29, and I was right, four years ago. I can do things in fours, people. Look at that. You get it? Because I had quadruplets. <laughs> Where are you going with that? I had four babies yeah, at once. Anyway, all right. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I can count by fours. Um, so, all right. If you, if a listener that's listening right now is 2018 Shannon and she just lost her parent. What, what is some practical advice, inspiration, motivation, tools that she can take away from hearing your story today? 
Um, I would say for me, I, I allowed people to love on me. Like I allowed people to like give me the cards with the scripture or the encouragement. Um, I allowed them to bring me like people would just bring me something little, like a journal and a, and a pen. And I would, I would write down like a day. If I was having a bad day, I'd write it down. I'd write a date and I would just write it as if I was talking to God. I would just write it down. And, um, which is kind of cool to go back and look now because I see just like how God helped me through those times, like how, like either sad or angry or whatever it was, but then it's like, you could see where he helped me through it um, to where I'm able to even talk about it at this point, you know, Um, scripture. I mean, I had people kind of feeding me scripture because at that point it sometimes seemed like I couldn't like, yes, I was reading my Bible, but sometimes it was like, I just needed those other people to pour into me. And I think sometimes when we're going through something like that, we tend to like isolate ourselves or close ourselves off. Yeah. That was me. I was the isolator. I was like, Nope. Don't do that. Don't do it. Um, you need people to come alongside of you. It's true. Um, and that, in all honesty, I, I look back and I think of all the people who prayed for me because that is real, like intercession, prayer, like oh, people yeah. praying over you, praying for you. Um, because sometimes it is hard for us to, we can pray, yes, God understands our tears, all of that. But sometimes our hearts can be so broken or just yeah. we can be so exhausted that it's even hard for us to think about it. So having somebody that you trust and that you love to be able to pray for you and say, you know, Lord, we know that this person is having a hard time. And yeah. Lord, we know that they need strength and we know that they need your grace and your mercy. And we know they need encouragement um, yeah. and because that's what's going to get you through it. Um, and then you'll have, well, and how much though, that that delights the father? I mean, think about as a parent, when you see, you know, your two kids just completely loving on one another, just how it thrills you, you know what I mean? And I think there is a part of that, that that's why there are some miracles that are withheld until intercession takes place. Yes. That God's like, no, I want you to experience all of what I have. Yes. And that involves relationships with other people. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yes. And I, I mean, for me, I mean, I believe that God is the same to all of us. Like Jesus is the same to all of us. I think some of us, you know, different personalities, we can kind of have different takeaways with certain things, but um, I just know where I was before the Lord found me. And I know what kind of, I just know where I was at and what kind of like deep, dark place I was in just before even finding him. And so knowing that God, the father loved me that much. And then he knew how broken I was and how sad I was and him being my heavenly father. Um, I remember sometimes even though I'd be sad or I'd be angry or something, sometimes I could literally just sit and feel as though his presence was like completely around me. Mm -hmm. And I knew like, it was almost like I would almost giggle because I would, it was like, he would bring a memory to my mind of my dad. And I would laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad would call me on every holiday. And typically if it was like Thanksgiving, he would say, um, Hey, hey, baby girl, I think it's a Merry Christmas today. Like, <laughs> like off the wall, <laughs> never the right thing, you know. Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah. He'd be like, it's a gobble something turkey day. Like it, he was just he was hilarious. And um, 
people always would be like, does he really talk like that? I'm like, no, he really had this like jolly, like, anyways, it was funny. But he would just bring things to my mind and would, I don't know, like it was like I could remember the good times. Yeah. And I had, you know, I personally had a great experience with my childhood and my parents, and I couldn't have asked for better parents. Um, and I even the coroner told me this, which was absolutely heartbreaking to me. But she said, Shannon, from your stories and just talking to you these like three times I talked to her on the phone, um, she said, I, I know that God will get you through this. And I also know that it will not be as hard on you as people who don't have good relationships with their parents. Yeah. And that hit me like really hard. Um, and so I understand that some people will have a harder time because maybe they didn't have a good childhood. She said a lot right. of people who don't reconcile. Yeah, that's true. And then their parent passes away. Right. Um, it's very hard for them to get over anger. So I can't yeah. really speak on that part. Um, and that, and honestly, having a Christian therapist, like mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't get one. I should have gotten one. Um, but I know people who have, and I, I honestly think that's, it doesn't mean you're weak and it doesn't no. mean that you don't believe in the Lord, like, or that you're not strong enough or that you, if you're not a Christian, what I mean, and it, it doesn't have to be right away. Like I didn't, I got a, um, a coach that mentored me last year, um, specifically to deal with my anger. Um, I had become very, very hot tempered, angry. And I thought it was because I was a stressed out mom with six kids trying to run multiple businesses like right you went because hmm, yeah, that just makes sense <laughs> and that's what I had thought and that's what I had allowed myself to believe but as she worked through stuff with me we kind of uprooted that I was angry that I lost my dad and I I, I wasn't aware of it yeah. you know I knew I was sad I lost my dad but I didn't realize that the root of my anger and aggression and hot tempered and quick to snap and all of those things were coming with that. I didn't fully grieve my dad because I went right back into life. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a second. I'm the mom of six. I got to put on a superwoman hat, you know, and get back to it. And there, there's something to say about give yourself time. You, you can try to plan it. Like I did. <laughs> it might not work out for you. Like it didn't for me, but allow yourself time to grieve and make sure that you have somebody that you can talk to um, that has your best interest at heart that wants to hear, even if it doesn't make sense. You know, I remember I leaned on a friend and she was like, I get that it doesn't, it's not logical. I get that. It's not logical. And I was like, you're right. And that's, it's important to know that just because we try and filter ourselves and edit ourselves and be like, Oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way because it doesn't make sense. It's still how you feel. And it's important to really sift through that and to be in connection with somebody who can guide you through that process so that you don't feel alone and isolated and because that's exactly what the enemy wants. Like he's going to take this horrible situation and make it even worse. Um, and so it's really important, like you were saying, to make sure that you have somebody to talk to. Yes. Because even I told somebody the other day, it's been January's four years. And for whatever reason, this January, it like, it hit me like a ton of bricks, almost like it was like the, that day all over again. And mm -hmm. I, I remember sitting in my car bawling and I was just like beside myself. I could not figure out what in the world was wrong with me. And, um, 
thinking to myself, like, why? Like, it's been four years. Yeah. So the whole phrase, like when people say time heals, I can't stand when people say that just because to me, it's a journey. Like we were talking about earlier, yeah. it's a journey. Like you're never going to get off the grief journey um, right? because you loved that person and they were a part of you. You're going to continue to grieve them as long as you live here. Um, but it's something that I think can be done like to where you don't have to get depressed or like, yeah. I mean, all of us are going to have hard times. And if right. you do get depressed or you are in depression, I do believe if you seek help, you can get help through that. Right. Absolutely. Um, but I believe that the people we love are to be celebrated. Yeah. And I think that God can help us through that. And right. it doesn't have to be, and we're still going to have bad days. Absolutely. We all have bad days. Um, I still cry. Uh, the other day I thought about the fact that my daughter never got to meet my dad yeah. and she's absolutely crazy. And he would, adore her yeah like literally they would be probably besties and um so it's just one of those things where I do I if I ever get in that like that cycle of he didn't get to see this or he didn't get to do this, right I do get a little sad but then I'm reminded that I don't well I don't think God wants me to live in that mindset yeah. you know yeah so anyways I just I don't know yeah that's good all right my friends I just you know there's there's no easy way out of grief. And like Shannon was saying, you don't really get out of it. You continue to grow. And um, I think it's really important to be intentional with who you surround yourself with, what you allow to come into your life. Um, you know, I think on a, a previous episode, I was talking about how <laughs> if you're trying to work on your marriage, then you don't need to be listening to achy breaky heart and all these, <laughs> all these thoughts about like, Oh, woe is me. You know what I mean? Um, it, be really intentional about what and who you allow to influence your life um, because it matters, it does. Uh, especially with your mental health and, and being able to move forward. And being able to move forward is not forgetting your loved one. It's, um, it's honoring them and celebrating who they were and, and being able to have conversations like this. Like we both had sad moments. Like I felt myself getting sad. And, um, but again, it's, it's a weird club that we're in that we never <laughs> knew we were going to be a part of. Um, but here we are. And um, if you are in this club, then you know that you can always reach out to me at the Julianne Kirkland on Instagram. And I will absolutely pray over you and, and pray with you. Um, and I know Shannon and um, you might not know her, but you will have to today. Um, and you feel free to reach out to her as well. She's, she's one of those like really genuine good people. So, you know, Try there's that. Do. She's fantastic. <laughs> Don't ask her to navigate. That's for sure. <laughs> That's another episode for another day. <laughs> lost, lost in the woods with Shannon Davis. <laughs> anyway, that's all I have for you today, my friends. <laughs> Remember, the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.